Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Wow. Before you sit down, Lift your hands and thank God for victory in your life. Lift your hand and thank God for victory. You have overcome the devil, the devil's agents, and all forms of attacks against your life. Lift your hand and give God glory. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. For the Lord has done great things. For you, for me, for all of us. Victory belongs to Jesus. Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in every circumstance, in every situation. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Whatever has come against you shall bow before you. In the name of Jesus. Every high thing that exalts itself against God and against the knowledge of God shall be brought low in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, Father, for you have caused victory to come into our hands. You have given us a great blessing and we thank you that in all things we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. We give you thanks. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Now, you're all welcome to the hottest day in the year. Some of you may not know, but 21st of March in Ghana is the hottest day of the year. 21st and 22nd are the two hottest days in the whole year according to the meteorology department so um, you are welcome to the hottest day and the temperature is between 39 and 40 so um, don't feel worried if you are feeling hot and those of you who are watching in the cool of your house don't forget that Adam and Eve were in the cool of the day and it wasn't that easy for them so make sure you are in church next next Sunday which is Palm Sunday all right and good Friday is the Friday after that and since we've been having church in the afternoon here we are so used to having afternoon church and it's going to be right here not at the Tiananmen Square or the Independence Square or the Black Star Square but at the Jesus Savior of the World Square. Are you excited about that? Not at the Trafalgar Square, but the Jesus Savior of the World Square. Amen. So, um, this day I want to um, help us 
to move forward out of curses. Amen. Now, Malachi 3 verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Now, which curse is that? Which curse comes because of failing to pay tithes and offerings? All right? Which curse is that? The curse in question is a curse that you have to think about. I'm actually in chapter 2 of my little book. Uh, what is the name of the book? Why non-tithing Christians become poor and tithing Christians become rich. In chapter 2, there is an analysis of what exactly do you mean by a curse comes on those who don't pay tithes. Like, why would you say that? And the first is the curse pronounced by the prophet Malachi. He said that there was a curse, so we've accepted it. Then the next thing is that there is a curse on all thieves. If you are a thief, right, you are under a curse already. Ask your neighbor if he is a thief. Are you a thief? Are you a thief? You'll be surprised that he's already eyed your mobile phone to steal it. If he gets a chance. You'll be shocked. People are really some way. And one of the things is people don't fear curses. Right? Now, in Zechariah chapter 5, there is a curse mentioned for thieves. It says, this is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. For everyone that stealeth shall be cut off. And everyone that sweareth shall be cut off. So for swearing and stealing, the curse is pronounced by an authority figure, Zechariah. So two prophets have pronounced curses on those who steal. Malachi has pronounced a curse on those who rob God. And Zechariah has pronounced a curse on thieves. Okay? So, if you steal, if you take what is God's, or you steal the church, church's money, or you are a pastor, and you misdirect the money that belongs to God and his church, do you see, to yourself, or to wherever, you get it, you are 
not afraid of God and of the curses that follow thieves. So it's very important to fear curses. Why don't you fear curses? Ask your neighbor, why, why, why don't you fear curses? Huh? I really wonder why people don't fear curses. I am just amazed all the time that even spiritual people are very casual about doing things that invoke curses. I, I really, and I, I wonder whether you should be called a pastor or a reverend or a bishop if you don't, you are not afraid of things that bring curses. You know? So, I am just telling you that stealing brings curses. And the Bible says, can a man rob God? Or can a man rob from God? Can somebody take from God what is God's? And God will not be happy because he's taken it. Alright? Now, the next thing is that robbing God himself. Okay? You, know, you can steal from different people. There are levels of stealing. I remember one time I was driving at the airport area and I came to a traffic light and I was told an accident had just happened there and that the president's convoy, not this president, but a president we, we have had before, was driving by and then somebody jumped the light and drove straight into the president's car. You see. Now even though there have been many accidents there. You get what I'm saying. I don't think it would be that easy for that guy. Because he actually drove into the president's car in the, in the convoy. Like he came from the opposite direction. So. One of the things. That. You must notice is. You, it depends on who you are doing the thing to. So you are stealing, it's a curse. Now you are stealing from God, it's going higher. So whatever represents a curse becomes heavier on you. So from today, anything that brings a curse, okay, you must decide to ensure that you do not do it. Now, how many can see curses around you? How many can see curses? I am actually about to take an offering and I'm just giving you a little background. How many can see curses? You can't see curses, eh? No, I, I want you to see curses clearly. Everywhere there are curses. Well, a curse is like Something that happens by all means. And it's mysterious in the way it always happens. Whether you go up, you go down, you go left, you go right, it always happens in that way. And then it's, 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 it's unavoidable. Do you see? And then it seems to follow whoever is cursed 
in a mysterious way, you know, until it has consumed the person. Now, if you can't see curses, then you don't understand my preaching. You see, for instance, if you look at the situation we have in certain countries, for instance, a country whose name begins with one of the alphabets, choose any alphabet you want and choose your own country. You get what I'm saying? And you ask yourself, when Ghana became a nation, for instance, let me take Ghana, but there are many other countries, Gambia, Guyana, Guinea, and so on and so forth. We had all the forests. You know, why we say forest reserves. You know, even in our campus, we have three forest reserves. You're not allowed to cut trees there. Yes, you may not know. You're not allowed to cut the trees and you're not allowed to weed or to go in there. It's, it's a natural forest reserve. And why do you preserve the forest? Because they have great value. We had forest reserves from 1957, 60 years ago. Can you imagine how much timber, lumber, timber we had? The richest people were in Kumasi and Odan and places like that with sawmills, timber business, Takuradi, the western region. You see a log as the diameter is like my height. Round, huge. Only, only one can fit on a track. Only one. And it, the track cannot move. The trees have been there for, since Adam and Eve. Valuable. We have it. We have it. Have it. And we still have it. Amazing. The last time I was in Seshi Asawensu, for a crusade, and I saw the timber trucks driving in those areas. I said, Yes, this is Ghana. This is where? Ghana. A beloved country. Yes. <laughs> Up to today, they are still cutting those huge trees with only one can fit on a truck. And you see them. Moving. Amazing. We have a diamond. We have a bauxite. Recently they said they were going to mine a bauxite in one forest. I saw the forest with my two eyes. Atiwa Forest or is that what it's called? A small place. They said inside is enough bauxite for us to pay for everything that we don't have. All the roads, every, I mean, the whole country will be covered like, covered with gold. Hey! <laughs> it's beautiful. And we have a, uh, uh, we have a what? Oil. I was in uh, Inzulenzu. Do you know Inzulenzu? Yes. And uh, what is the name of that crusade? Hafasini. Yeah, and there, well, I saw this brother, he was also at Inzulenzu. You walk in the forest, when you step on it like this, 
Do you know what we were working on? Oil. You work on it like this. The leaves and the forest is all covered with oil. Not in Liberia, in Ghana. Our beloved country. We are rich. And yet it always leads to poverty. That's what I'm trying to explain. That if your eyes don't see curses, you get it, then your eyes are not open. Because we should have been the richest. You should think. Now, Ghana, we had gold. You know that Santihini and uh, our, those great chiefs, you know, when they are wearing their regalia, you know, it's real gold. It's not this uh, funny things. This is it's real. You see their rings and the things they have. Real gold. I mean, it's a, it's a nation where the chiefs sit on gold. What are you talking about? It's not these small, small imported rings from Dubai. Huh? <laughs> you know Ghana is today, in spite of all the gold that we've mined in Ashanti Goldfields, and all the gold that has been mined from Takwa, and the, all the gold that has been mined from Bibieni, and all the gold that has been mined from the Sunyani region by Australian companies, in spite of all the gold that has been mined from Galamse, that Ghana is the highest producer of gold in the whole of Africa today. Eh? And yet, and yet what? And yet what? I don't know. Explanation is what? Give me an explanation. Ah. What I'm trying to say is that it always ends up in the same thing. And that's how you start to notice the presence of something else working. That is not logical. Are you with me? So when you, when you look at Israel, you see the curses spoken by Moses happening. When you look at those who hate Israel, you know, you see the curses. Cursed be he that curses you. Blessed is he that blesses you. And you see the curse is working. So, we need to respect curses. Do you see? So that you avoid them. And one of the ways we, can, we see that curses are unleashed in our lives is by stealing. And sometimes even your parents stealing. Because if your father is a thief, you see, the person you, he stole from may be cursing him. Yes. You know, they talk about the pandemic. That right now we have, I think, 600 or 700 people have died since the pandemic started. But only last year, 
2,300 people died on our highways. And this year, January and February, 500 people have died from that. That is more of a danger. I'm surprised that nobody is rather drawing our attention to that and spending billions on um, road reliefs. But we are spending billions on other things. It's interesting. Huh? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you must notice the presence of evil. And you must fear it. You must know when I take this, I'm going to bring about a problem. Now, one of the things that we can do to Alleviators. I was talking about the people who die. Somebody stole the road. Somebody stole the road. All 250 kilometers of the road. Who's that? And the people who die will be cursing those who stole the road. Because, you know, many of the accidents on our road are simple head-on collisions. Which, if there was an island in the middle of the road with at least two lanes on the left and two lanes on the right, what it would mean is that at least the head-on collisions would be reduced. That's all. Although high-speed accident and somersault and other things would still be on the will still go on but head on like two VIP buses the last one was at where just recently two VIP buses collided that's why I tell you when you are sitting on the VIP bus sit at the back and on the right if you have ears to hear hear what I'm saying sit at the back and on the right don't sit in the front if they give you the front say excuse me my toilet has come. I'm going. And go out of the bus. I hope it's clear. Yes. My water has come. Yes. And go out. What I'm saying is that everybody who dies a foolish death, family, raise up a lamentation. Against those who didn't make the road, those who didn't do this, those who stole this, those who stole that. With always they give reasons why not. So I'm saying that there are many things that are curses. And we don't even know what we have done that are bringing about curses. But in this scripture, the Mal- Malachi was saying that, look, there is a curse. There is a curse. Bring the tithes. Bring the tithe. This is one of the ways. Bring tithes and bring offerings. This is one of the ways to bring an end to the curse. Why, why would he say bring the tithe? He said, look, there is a curse. Can't you see you are cursed? Can't you see there are curses in the system? Bring tithes and bring offerings. 
Tithes and offerings help to abate curses. I wonder why spiritual people don't see that. You know what? I heard some unbelievers discussing something. They were actually uh, unbelievers. Eh? They didn't believe what, we're, what we are doing and all that. But somebody prophesied that one of them was going to die. So, you know how their response was to that. They said, oh, let's go and give a gift to an orphanage. Yeah, I heard them. Let's go and give some money to an orphanage so that the prophecy will not come to pass. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that even unbelievers can sort of see that, you know, maybe let's do something. Is there something we can do? You know, it's nice to hear all these stories about curses, but my question is, is there something we can do? Ask your neighbor, is there something we can possibly do about all these curses? How many understand my simple message? Is there something we can do? Think about the mistakes you've made in your life. You know, the Catholics, you know, I'm also a Catholic. And we, we have a prayer that we pray. You see? Uh, have mercy. Eh? Pray for us sinners. Now and in the hour of our death. Amen. The consciousness of your sinfulness must be with you and how it induces things which you cannot fight because it has been released on your life. My question today is that is there anything we can do possibly to calm down some of these curses? And Malachi, he was very clear. He said, Bring the tithes. You bring the tithes and the offerings because there's a curse somewhere. Yeah. And he knew it. And so I want to encourage everybody. You know, I've been very encouraged with, with, with the church. Uh, you know, because of the um, sunshine and the technical difficulties that we have out, outdoors. We have not been able to show you some of the projects and other things that are going on. But I believe in season two. You know, Flow Prayer season two is coming on very soon. Yes. Season two will be starting soon. And I'll announce to you exactly when episode one is coming on. Are you excited about that? Yes. So when the season two begins, you'll see even more of those things, and I'll show you how else that you'll be able to see. Hallelujah. Uh, what, was I t- what was I talking about? I was saying that it encourages me to see so many of my ordinary Christians rising up to personally build churches. In fact, I feel uh, deeply touched and encouraged. And I feel that it is releasing a great wave, like I see something like a cloud that decides to open rain on the people. Yes. And you know, the offering that you give to build the church directly builds, because each church is built. Our archbishop 
is about to embark on a journey to um, dedicate 45 of those church buildings. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. You know, but what I'm trying to say is that it helps. Look, I myself don't know what I have done to bring curses in my life. But sometimes when I look at my life and I look at certain things, I can't help but to feel that there's a curse somewhere. I must be honest. You know, one time I was looking at my life and I said, no. How can my life go in this direction? Then I said, Maybe there's a curse. And I began to think of my father. What did I do wrong when my father was alive? What did I say to him? And I remember the day that I said something to my father. And I was thinking, shit, maybe that day is what is manifesting somehow today. I became disturbed. It made me think of where my father was buried. It made me think of the cemetery where he was buried. I began to wonder whether it is the best place to have even kept his remains. I began to think of so many things to do. You see, if you respect curses, you will know that things have a way of happening whether you You go up or down, it is there. Yeah. It's just there. And if you are a spiritual man, you always be afraid and search and say, hey, what about this? Those of you who have walked away from crying girls, breaking their heart into pieces. You cause what? Tears to flow. And you don't want to have flowing tears. Now I'm asking you an English question. I said you've caused tears to flow. And you dear, you don't want tears to flow. Ah. No further questions. Lord have mercy. You've caused somebody's heart. To bleed. Bleeding hearts. Huh? And your heart there, it should be pumping normally. No further questions. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some good news for you. And the good news is that, eh? No matter what you have done, that has brought about and brings about a curse. Malachi the prophet gives an amazing window into breaking of curses. He said, I can see there is a curse in town. Bring tithes and bring offerings. That's all. Bring what? Tithes and offerings. And perchance the curse will be abated. Believe in it. Believe in it. 
believe in it. You know, if there is something God doesn't want you to have and you're forced to have it, eh? <sighs> One day there was a man, you know, and I, and I, and I remember this on a, on a very strange day of my life. But this man was a major member of a church. One day the pastor said, Let's, we want to build something better, bigger. And the man said, no. You know, there are some people that have power in the church. Just by reason of their status and so on. It's like, you are like an important member. It's like your absence will be felt. So you play those cards. So this man stood up at the board meeting and said, no. There are some people, they can really speak. When they give speeches, that's the end. So he stood up and he gave a speech why it's not necessary to build those things. And when he finished, the meeting ended and the project was cancelled. But some weeks later, the man was giving his own testimony in church. He said he built a very big house on a hill. Big house. And when the house was completed, he took his two little daughters to go to the completed house on a hill. By the way, when you have a house on a hill, it's more valuable than a house downstairs. Yes. Some of you don't understand why I said to build a house on a hill. You'll be there soon, building a house on a hill. you soon see one day Mambong is more valuable than any part of Accra. It's true. Maybe we will not be around there, but one day it will be. And people will come and look around and say, ah, so how can a church have such a valuable place? Yeah. Anyway, the man took his daughters in his car to his new mansion up on the hill. I think as they were going up the hill, his daughters said, is it a baby or a cat? If it's a baby, please. Now, if it's a cat, it can stay. <laughs> because there's nothing you can do about it. It's hungry. <laughs> Are you listening to my story? Very important story. On the way, the daughter said, Daddy! Daddy! Can we have some ice cream? And Daddy loves his girls. So he said, sure, baby. Sure, babies. You can have some ice cream. So when he saw some ice cream, he parked on the side. And the children got out of the car and he said, careful when you are crossing the road. Careful when you are crossing the road. So they took the money and they crossed the road. Now, I think it was where they were parked. But as soon as the children started to cross the road, a huge articulator like these ones over there came at top speed. Yeah. And drove over the children. The two girls. This is, he himself was giving this story in church. Not, nobody was talking about him. He himself was telling the story in the church. He said he got out of his car. 
screaming and running after his daughters, picking up a hand, a piece of clothing, screaming. And he said, when he was, when he was walking on the road, screaming, he heard, he heard the voice of God when he was on the road, screaming. He said, God said to him, you wouldn't build a church for me, huh? but you want to build a beautiful mansion for yourself up on a hill. Go on and have your mansion up in the hill. But without your girls. It's a true story. And he was talking about how never get in the way of what God wants to do and what he wants to build. What he's saying. Let us fear God. And let us end the curse. You know, most riches and money has evil in it. Maybe you don't know. You know, if you take the gold in the world, 30% of all gold ever mined in the whole world comes from just outside Johannesburg. You cannot imagine the evil that has been done to take that gold out of there. That will be 30% of all the, of the money in the world if the gold is placed against the value of the currency. And the evil and the blood that has been shed for that gold, you have no idea. And the ships that have sunk to the bottom of the sea with gold on board. <laughs> and that evil, many of them are carrying curses. Brothers and sisters, you, you never really know where curses are coming from. So as for me, I think I'm quite happy. You know, for me, this curse topic, eh? I'm always trying to see that, yeah, it's nice. All these things you are explaining are good, but is there something we can do? The Bible says, honor your father that it may be well with you. So when you do things that bring honor, it have to drive away the curse. So that day, you know, I was thinking of my father and I decided to do something strange to honor my father who was dead. And I did it. And I'm glad I did. I did it, uh, yeah. And I did it because I had become, you know, conscious of the presence of curses. You get, you get what I'm saying? It always ends this way. It always ends this way. It always ends this way. So my prayer for you today is that whatever represents or looks like a curse in your life and your family should be broken today in the name of Jesus. And your offering must help. I want you to decide to build a church, build a cathedral, sow seeds in the house of God, Become a giver. Don't be one of those people who says, I don't have. Only the next moment, you are buying six tickets for your family to go on holiday somewhere. The very person who didn't have money. Fantastic. Have you seen it before? Plenty. When, when I was, when we, were, when we, when we went through a crisis, 
at Kolegono, and we needed a church, I went to see a number of people. Because on the day that our church building was broken by the government, on that day we saw the Kodesh. The very day, it was Thursday. By the evening, I had been shown the Kodesh building. And I, and I went to the man's house. The man was staying at the airport. I went there. How much is your, your warehouse? You know? And to raise money, I met different types of church members with different attitudes. I spoke to individuals. Everybody had a different response. One, one, one man, I remember, as I'm preaching, I remember his face. And of course, he's not in, even in the church today. He just looked at me as if I was uh, joking. The next moment, he was buying a brand new Mercedes Benz. Yes, Mercedes. Yeah, but he didn't give even a dollar. I was just watching all of them. Different people, different reaction. One brother, I went to him. I said, you know, we need help. He just took $20,000. He just gave it. And we're saying that he said, hey, hey, please. He said, I should have given 100. I know myself. Don't even start to say thank you. Just walk out. Just do what? Walk away. <laughs> I'm talking about 1998. 1998. That's quite some time ago, isn't it? Yeah, he said, just go away, please. I am ashamed of myself. I know what I should have given. I pray the curse over your life breaks and God himself will show you what you must do. What you must do. Yes. One day a brother came to see me and he presented me with a gift. And he said, you know what he said to me? He said, it has been my vision in my life to give this to you. And when I have achieved it, that's all. I said, what is this? He said, it, it was, it's my, one of my life's goals to do this. And I've done it. And he just walked away. Yes. May blessings follow you and may God lead you to do whatever brings a blessing to you, to your family, to your house, to your children, to anything that is connected to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everybody take out your offering, please. I don't know what type of offering you have today. You are watching on television, Healing Jesus TV, DSTV, uh, any other television network the sun is hot <laughs> no give me my hat back I think I need it <laughs> today is the 21st so you see, some people think that we are just wearing this for fashion but it's because of the sun yes I mean who has ever seen somebody wearing a hat to preach except maybe you are wearing a bishop's hat but that, the bishop's hat is too narrow to give shade. That's why I'm not wearing that one. Listen, take your offering. 
and you want to give on, on air, television, Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter, whatever channel you are watching by. Healing Jesus TV can be seen in East Africa on DSTV, Southern Africa on DSTV, in Ghana on multi-TV, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Liberia, all multi-TV and also Strong's on the Strong's um, channels. All right? You can see it on satellite TV, the whole country, everywhere. All of West Africa, East Africa, Southern Africa, even Madagascar, they see. Everybody just tune and on Facebook so that you don't have to use credit uh, units for watching church. You can just put on the television. It's just electricity. Amen. Take your offering. Build a church this morning or this afternoon. Give generously. Now also give your tithes. Because when we are having services like this, we give tithes in, during the first offering. Tithes, offerings, everything. And to whom much is given, much is expected from God. Amen. And amen. Are you excited about that? Is it beautiful to you? How many are glad that Almighty God is breaking the chains and the curses that are roaming around in the system in your life? In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you that there's going to be a change. I'm hearing multiples. Multiply your giving and I will multiply the speed of your release from the curse. Multiply in your giving and God will multiply the speed to release you from every curse of darkness. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, I pray. Amen.
I don't wanna 
made by you. I want to reign as a king for Jesus. Jesus, I am ready to be a priest for you. Thank you for calling me, for calling me so young. Ready for you, ready for you when I'm just 16. Come on, ready for you. Waiting for you when I'm just 16. Oh, yeah. Waiting for you. Waiting for you when I'm just 16. Waiting for you. Waiting for you when I'm just 16. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, are you asleep? Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Hallelujah. We've come to the most exciting part of today's program. We are going deeper and doing more. Were you blessed last week? How many of you are going deeper? Phil, are you going deeper? Wave. Beautiful. God bless you. Thank you. And I believe that as we go deeper, God is leading us to do even more for him. Amen. And I know your life is going to be blessed as we receive the word of God. I want to ask, there's a lot of people up there. I can see people dancing on the road up there. I want to ask if some of the pastors can move everyone and let's all settle down. And uh, there's a whole movement over there and I believe God is blessing us Amen. First Love Church, are you blessed to be in church today? It's time for the word of God. I don't know what we're going to hear I'm excited about this series going deeper and doing more and yesterday, last week, sorry we got the first slice of the loaf and we're going on to the next slice and I'm just excited to hear what God has for us this afternoon and you believe that nothing is impossible when we put our trust in God Daniel, do you believe it? Wave if you believe. God bless you. Thank you for your wave. Amen. Let's sing Nothing is Impossible when we put our trust in God. At the back, give me a wave. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. When you're trusting in His Word Hearken to the voice of God Hearken to the voice of God to be Is there anything too hard for me Then put your trust in God alone And rest upon His Word For everything For everything For everything Yes, everything is possible Come on, with one hand in the air, sing from the bottom of your heart. Nothing is impossible. When you put your trust in God. Come on, declare over your life, nothing is impossible. It's impossible. Because we are trusting in His Word. Now say, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust. God alone and rest upon His word for everything. For everything. For everything. Come on, lift your two hands and yes, say everything. everything. 
Father, thank you for the great, great blessing of today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, how many of you can see the moon? Can you see the moon over there? Yeah. That's what we call a sunshine moon. Moon in, in the daytime. Beautiful. What a day. There shall be signs in the sky. Now, going deeper and doing more. Amen. Now, going deeper, I believe, is the will of God for us. And... I think I want to acknowledge the presence of some of our bishops from the UD. Um, Healing Jesus Missions denomination. I see the chairman there and stand up and give us a wave. All right. Thank you. And then I also see, is it South Africa? Lighthouse Chapel International of South Africa. Wow. Some of them are here, I think. What a blessing. I think the rest are... Are, you, are, you, are there others here? Makana Church International. Wow. Beautiful. Clap for them. They are all present. Thank you for coming around. Sorry there's no shade here today. But um, I hope you are blessed. Amen. Going deeper and doing more. Now today... I want you to to talk to you about how God takes you deeper. Okay? Now, when you want to go deeper. But the important thing for you to know is that going deeper is your key to doing greater things with God. And I believe that in this church, we want to do greater things, great things for God. We thank God for the Presbyterians who are the fathers of the church really in Ghana in a certain sense. You know, on the mountains, you can see their works. And, uh, but we want also to do great things. So we are trying to copy them and if possible, do more than they did. Amen. I don't know if it would be possible, but at least we try. Amen. Is it a good thing to copy somebody who's done something good and try to do even better? Supposing your big brother had C in physics. Why wouldn't you try to get a B? Yeah. Even if you got an A, you can get an A plus or an A star. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Now, foundations of buildings the deeper the foundation the greater the building 
Petronas Twin Towers in Malaysia. You'll be there soon. We'll soon be having a meeting in Malaysia and I pray that you'll be part of that meeting. The depth of the foundation is 114 meters. Okay. A normal house, two stories, even three stories, the depth is 1.5 meters for the foundation. So you can imagine 100 meters. It's very deep. When you go fishing in our lagoons, what do you get? Some little fingerlings, isn't it? And in, you get these funny little fish. And especially when you are near the shore, you get the shrimps. Now, shrimps are the sea cockroaches eating up the rubbish and all the funny things. Yeah, you wonder what cockroaches eat. They eat up all the rubbish in the house. And so they cook the shrimps and the lobsters are the cockroaches of the water, of the sea. That's why you get them near the shore. And that is why if you eat shrimps, you can get a serious stomach problem if you don't make sure you treat it well because the poopoo from the uh, city which is discharged into the sea right is in the near the shore so that's where the shrimps and all those lobsters and things are so that is why you can get a very serious stomach problem from eating uh, shrimps which are not well uh, treated well one time I was on a plane British Airways plane I said how do I ask the air, air hostess or the steward how do you make sure you, your, your pilot doesn't get sick uh, he said we don't give them seafood we don't give them shrimps we give you shrimp but we don't give them shrimps and I told him, God revealed me some time ago not to eat your shrimp. So I've never eaten shrimp on a plane. When I see it lying, I said, no. Anyway, I can tell you more stories, but I think it's enough. If you go deeper into the sea, you'll get big fish like whales. Oh, I see you catching some great whales for God. Amen. Today, the Germans and the Swiss missionaries who came as far as Ghana. Eh? They went so far as to come to Ghana. They caught a big whale like Ghana. Ghana is one of the big Christian nations in the world. Nigeria. They got Nigeria too. It's one of the big Christian nations. They got Liberia. I mean, these are big whales. Yes. And a whale is far different from one of those little red fish. Even the redfish are getting finished. All right? Now, the blue whale, the testis, weighs 80 kilos. Yes. <laughs> now, remember that <laughs> one suitcase is 20 kilos. So that is four suitcases. 
And no wonder it ejaculates in gallons. How many want to go deeper and get more greater things than these little shrimps and lobsters you've been finding? We are going to get great things for God. Amen. Gold mines, when you go deeper, Ashanti gold field, Poneng gold mine is the deepest mine in the whole wide world. Yes. And it goes down to 3.8 kilometers and they are digging deeper to 4.27 kilometers. Do you know 4.27 kilometers? It's like from here to uh, I don't know which town, to, to beyond four kilometers, getting to Aburi underground, vertically down. And then when they are down, they drive under. To get what? Something more. You'll be getting more things soon. Oil drilling. They go down 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers underground, under the water. They go down to the, the bottom of the sea and then down 15 kilometers under to get what? Oil. Medicine. You know, doctors are always expanding the horizons, trying to go deeper. And that is how come someone had the idea in 1796 to make vaccines. Yeah. Because they encountered a disease that nobody could cure. So they, somebody had the idea, why don't we try to give small of the disease to people so that they develop they, 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 they react to it and then maybe when they won't react to it again. So the first vaccines came out throughout uh, the first attempt in 1796. They've been going deeper for a long time up till today. Why wouldn't we want to go deeper in our God when people, when it comes to money, Gold, silver, mining, knowledge, medicine, they always want to go deeper. And the current vaccines they are making are a different type. Now, surgery. Uh, Many, 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 many experiments were done until... William Morton discovered ether in 1846. It was a last resort. When they are going to operate on you, they will tell you, you either you die or we operate on you. And to operate on you, they will cut you alive. So you, you choose. And most people chose to die. Say, oh, let me die. Because it's almost like they are cutting you alive. And so people opted for death rather than experience such an excruciating ordeal. And they discovered anesthesia, actually a bit by accident. Some people were using it as laughing gas at parties. 
So they were giving it to people and the people start laughing. So after some time, they realized that when they laugh, they don't feel any pain. So they said, ah, maybe there's something that this thing does that prevents us from feeling pain. So they started to experiment with it. And that's how they discovered anesthesia. Gems. They, whenever somebody was sick, they didn't know what it was. Because <laughs> they had not discovered gems. Uh, and in 1861, Louis Pasteur proved that there were something called gems. Uh, and this marked the turning point to control epidemics, such as the plague, dysentery, typhoid. Uh, are you listening? Yeah. X-ray. They were going deeper. Can we do a photograph to see inside? And it was also accidentally discovered when a German physicist was experimenting with electrical currents. And then it transformed medicine overnight. And in Glasgow, the following year, 1896, the first ever radiology department was opened. Are you with me? Yeah. Penicillin, the first antibiotic, 1928. And since then, we are just going deeper. Wilder. Uh, it's like there's nothing that the people don't go deeper. Like I told you, the deepest mind in the world, they are still wanting to go down to 4.27 kilometers. Transplants. December 1954, the first successful kidney transplant was carried out in America. Uh, but there were many attempts, but that was the first time the patient survived and was alive after the operation. But they overcame the main problems, which were vascular anastomosis. Do you know what anastomosis is? Joining the blood vessels. You see, when you disconnect something, there's blood vessels connected to it. So how to join the small blood vessels to go back so that the blood goes back into it and to connect all the small, small, small ones. And remember that the blood vessel is round. So when you put it together, how you've cut here and you've cut here and you are joining, how to join this small thing together and different, different, different places. How they were able to overcome that. That is the anastomosis, the connection. And when they discovered that they don't have to put the kidney at the back, but they put it here. Those with a kidney transplant is here. In your pocket here. You just keep one here. 1963. First lung plant transplant. Huh? Liver and heart transplant. 1967. Now it's more complex. They were going deeper. And then now they did the first hand transplant. Somebody's hand transplanted onto somebody's hand for a transplant. And it worked. And the hand moves. And then in 2010, they did the first face transplant. You transplant somebody's face. Because the face was bent. 
so now they can transplant your face. So you see somebody whose face has changed. He said, hey, who are you? He said, I am me. Just like in the films. Eh? Then another wild invention, deeper, birth control pill. Yes. This is the first lifestyle drug. Lifestyle what? It was not to, con- to control a disease, but it was to change the lifestyle, making life better for women. Because otherwise, you give birth every year. As soon as you marry, you give birth till your menopause. That is why people have 10 brothers and sisters, 11 brothers and sisters, because it's a yearly affair. Take it one every year. Take it two. Take it three. Are you there? Then, deeper into childbirth, Go into any old graveyard and you will always see a number of women who died in their 20s. This was partly due to childbirth. But today, with the wisdom of God, anesthesia, caesarean section, other types of delivery, people have gotten healed. Smoking! People sensed that smoking was bad, but they did research until they were able to confirm that smoking is a killer. When you smoke, you are killing yourself. Tell your neighbor who is smoking. Hey! You think you are a man, so you are smoking. It's one of the greatest medical discoveries going deeper to discover that smoking kills. Tosca for men. Do they still sell that thing? Tosca for men. Wow. Antipsychotics, which is mad diseases for mad men. All right? When people were mad, they were in, they were hopeless, dangerous, we call them asylums of people with hopeless cases. Do you see? And a mental hospital role was similar to a zookeeper before the discovery of a simple drug called clopromazine, lagactyl, a mental hospital was something like a zookeeper place, office, for feeding, scrubbing, and forcibly treating hundreds of demented patients. Blood transfusion after several 
attempt to transfuse blood, someone discovered, they tried to transfuse blood from animals for 200 years with fatal results until somebody decided to try human and it survived. Are you with me? 1901, somebody went deeper. Austrian doctor, Karl Landsteiner, discovered different blood groups and found which ones could be mixed with others. Yeah, that's how come today we have blood. I mean, through the years, people have been going deeper in scientific medical things until it is almost inconceivable to imagine the things that can be done by doctors. Recently, I was with a man who had cancer of the esophagus. Do you know esophagus? When you swallow, what it goes down through. And he said, I don't have any mark on my body. He said, they put five holes into me this way. He pointed stomach. And they passed a computer into his, a robot into his abdomen and operated on him. They never opened it to see. They just used the computer. Going deeper. How many want to go deeper with God? There are more things in God if you want to go deeper. And if you go deeper, you know, the things we take for granted today, oh, have you donated blood? And even DNA. How DNA is another one that was discovered. When they discovered DNA, they were able to find so many things. Huh? They didn't know how DNA worked. But Dr. Watson and Crick were honored with the Nobel Prize in 1962. Yeah. The structure of the DNA. Beautiful. The helix. They discovered it. Double helix. So brothers and sisters, I believe that there is more. Now, number one, God will take you deeper only if you desire desperately to go deeper. That is number one. Nobody goes deeper until you desire to go deeper. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. And my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. There is more to God. There is more to God. But deeper going 
comes to those who seek it and those who desperately want it. You can never go deeper and you are never going to experience God taking you deeper until you want to go deeper. I can't make you go deep and I can't make you drink. The way you know is when a woman goes to the hospital for a scan, sometimes they'll ask her to drink some water so that she has some urine forming in the bladder. It's quite fast. You know, from the drink to the bladder, it's quite quick. Like a few minutes, it'll be coming out. So when there's urine in the bladder and they do the scan, they can see better. So sometimes they ask, and you see people struggle to drink. It's not easy to make somebody drink something when you are not thirsty. So if you want to know God, you have to have a thirst to find your God. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul tested for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Today we have people who work in the church for salary, for accommodation, for transportation, for cars, for benefits that they can get, not because they want to find God themselves. If you fear God and you want to know God, you will never work in a church or anywhere for that matter for a salary. You can never say a God, somebody who finds God as is looking for a salary or benefits. He's searching for God himself. Ezekiel, you know, one time I heard Bishop Oyedepo saying he went to search in a mountain for three days and nights. He was under the sun without shade. And on the mountain, looking for the secrets of Ezekiel. Huh? For three days. Huh. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul tested for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. Until you start longing for God, you're never going to find him. I can assure you of that. How I have longed for God. How many times I've waited on God in different places. Many places have had me waiting on God for days, for hours. Every single year that I've been in the ministry. I cannot count less than a certain number of personal alone, all alone. Retreats and personal camps. Only me and God. Looking for what? Salary? Personal benefits? Then you don't understand God. Early will I seek thee. My soul tested for thee. In a dry and a testy land. Where no water is. I need to find God. Young man, let me tell you, this desire to go deeper is not something you can share with your friend. You know, one of the things that 
a visionary, a mistake a visionary can make sometimes when you are searching for God is to think that you are a group. There's nothing, there's, I've never seen a group. Even when Jesus left his disciples, we don't have epistles written by the 12 disciples. Signed 12 disciples. There's nothing like that. There's if Peter will write, write. If Matthew will write, write. If Peter will write, then write. But there's nothing by the group. There's no letter by the group. There's no instruction from the group. It's always you. And a mistake that is made commonly by people who God has called is to go along with people who don't have the same passion for God, but who can look like this, they have the same passion for God. Like when Abraham was leaving his father's house, he went along with Lot. But after some time, we realized that Lot was after something else. Abraham was after obeying God. Lot was after good lands to prosper. And the difference came up. Moses, when God called him, God was not interested in speaking to anybody else. But Moses insisted because of his inferiority complex to go along with people also because we all need companions. So he is, is his stubbornness made him, God said, okay, get Aaron. And Aaron came along. And remember, it was Aaron who criticized him later. Both Aaron and Miriam, his relatives, both of them died in Exodus 20. Or Numbers 20. They died in the same chapter. Yeah. Because it is your personal relationship which nobody can transmit. You see, I told my son, I have a son who is a doctor. And I, I told him, I cannot pass your exam for you. You have to pass your own exam. I may love you much, but you have to pass it yourself. You have to go in yourself and pass your own exam. And that's what he did. I was not there. He had done exams that last for 12 hours. From morning to evening. Yes. I, I was never part of those exams. I just hear the result. That's all. Because the desire to be a doctor or to do whatever, right, is not something you can, you can lay hands on somebody. Receive being a doctor. Receive it. There's nothing like that. And I can't also transmit to you knowing God. My son Joshua when he came back from school and he desired and was seeking God, I didn't know him in that way. I didn't know him in that way. 
of knowing God. <laughs> I knew him in a different way. Yes. So it took me time to even realize that he had had his own experience with God. And through his own encounter, which I cannot transmit, which I cannot share, we cannot lay hands on anybody to have. He has on his own found his own God. Because nobody can transmit to you a desire for God and a desire to know God. It's not something we can share by Bluetooth. Now in Exodus chapter 33, I want you to see the man who climbed Mount Sinai and the man who had the Ten Commandments. The man who saw the glory of God. The man who disappeared into the smoke for 40 days and nights. The man who crossed the Red Sea and saw God doing wonders and miracles on Pharaoh. Bringing down lice and frogs and turning the river into blood. I want you to see that this is the man who said, Take me deeper. Deeper again to where? In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight and I know thee by name. And he said, this is a man who has climbed Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 17 or 18, somewhere there. This is a man who has seen the power. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I want to go deeper. Deeper to where? And he said, I will, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy. To whom I will show mercy. Show me thy glory. Show me. I want to go even deeper. How come Moses who has seen God. Wants to go even deeper. You don't even see. You just want us to close so that you eat. You are a lay pastor and you don't desire to be in full-time ministry. Or you are a missionary and you don't desire to do more. Or maybe you've taken up the mantle to be in full-time ministry, but you don't desire even more of God to know God more. You see people Fighting for benefits and fighting for cars and things which, look, the deeper you go into God, you find out that he himself knows how to organize all things for you. You don't need to organize it. You don't need to organize nothing. Moses, why? There seems to be more. And I want you to know today that there is more. Eh? There's more of everything. If Moses wanted more, 
then me and you, eh, we better organize ourselves and start going deeper for something more from God. If somebody like Moses can say, show me your glory and let me know more of you and have better something higher and something deeper and something different, then I think you and I need to say, Lord, whatever it is there is, I want more. I want to be deeper. Because there is more. In a few hours, you will look up into these skies and you see all the stars. They are there. Thousands and thousands of them. They exist. God made them. Why? What are they? How do you get there? When did they come? There is much more to the God that we serve. Now, number two, quickly. When God is taking you deeper, the first thing is that he will show. The first thing is that you must desire to go deeper. Number two is that God will show you that he is good. Yes. God will show you that he is good. How? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing. Exodus 33 verse 17. Thou hast found grace in my sight. I know thee by name. I will show thee my glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Goodness. Listen to me. The devil's campaign is a campaign that God is not good. Everybody put your phone away, please. Nobody should look. I don't trust that you are listening to me preach. Put your phone away. And don't look down when I'm preaching. I can see you. Put your phone away. Father, cursed be the hand that holds a phone whilst I'm preaching. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you like, hold it. As soon as you don't fear curses. What was Satan's campaign? God is not good. God is not good. God knows you will have this and you will have this. Anytime Satan attacks, his name is the slanderer. All the attacks on me are to make me look bad, that I'm not good. That's, that's the, all the attack. It's, it's a bad person. It's not a good person. It's a standard operation. So God told Moses, I will show you that, I will show you my goodness. That was the first, I will show you my goodness. When God wants you to come close to him, he will start to show you that it's actually good, not bad. It's a good thing to serve the Lord. That's why we say it is a great thing to serve the Lord. Because the first campaign is that he's bad. He's a bad person. God is bad. That is why he doesn't want you to eat this tree. God is wicked. God is not nice. God is not kind. God is mean. God is strict. God is this. God is that. So all the slandering 
The devil's name is the slanderer. Is to smear a smear campaign to make somebody a bad person. That is all. That is a standard practice. Because if you are going to marry someone, listen, if you find someone and you're going to get closer to the point where you even have a union and have children, you have to have in your mind that he's a good man. Oh, this is a good sister. And if he's a good sister, then you go closer. Because he's a good brother. And if he's recommended, oh, he's a good brother. Or he's a good sister. But if you hear he's a bad brother and he's a bad sister, then you go back. So to come nearer to God, to go deeper to God, your mind must first be that he's good. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's a nice person. And so you come closer to him. So Satan's smear campaign is so that you hear bad stories, bad stories from credible or seemingly credible sources. Do you understand? That is a bad person doing bad things and this is the reason why. That's a standard thing. is to keep you far away. And that is why when the Antichrist comes, his mouth will be full of blasphemies. The word blasphemy is injurious words and statements to make God, to blaspheme God and the people in his house, in the kingdom, and those that serve him to look bad. Do you know why people are attracted to full-time ministry? And to missions. Because we keep saying that God is good. It's a great thing to serve the Lord. If you serve the Lord, it's a good thing. It's a blessing to serve the Lord. It's a great thing to serve God. It's actually our own blessing to find God and to love him and to serve him. It's our blessing. And because we keep saying something good about it, people keep coming closer. Because you only come close to something that you see is good. So the first thing that God told Moses was that I will make all my goodness to pass before thee. You will see that I am actually a very good person. (laughs) So I want to say to you, you know, to go deeper. You want to go deeper in, in the UD, in the UO, in this church, in the ministry, into all the things that are, you are going to have to believe even that I, who am your leader, I'm actually a good person. Yes. You have to think so. If you think, if you don't think so, you will never be able to go deeper. I'm telling you. And you can't have two seeds mixed up in you. Leviticus 19.19 says, you shall not mingle seeds. The, the mingling of the seed brings forth barren things. When a donkey, a male donkey, has sex with a horse, because they look similar, eh? when a male donkey has sex with a female horse, it produces a mule. A mule is a, a strange type of animal, okay? And that mule can never give birth. Yes. You can never give birth. 
The mule, a mule cannot give birth. Cannot produce. It's barren. A mingling of seeds. You mix good and bad in you. You mix two seeds. The seed of disloyalty and the seed of goodness. The seed of faithfulness, lies, and truth. And your whole life is mixed the two. And you mix a donkey and a horse. And that's what leads to barrenness. All mules are barren. No mule can ever have a child. A mule is only produced by a mixture of a donkey, a a male donkey who has seen a female horse. The mixture in your mind doesn't help. I, I see people who have mixed things in their head. I can see it through. I can see right through them. You see that they are, they are confused. Because I've been in the church for a long time. I've had people slandering me for years. It's nothing new. And I see people who are confused. I can see right through them. I say, look at this one. He's confused. And that's why Moses said, God told Moses, you know, my first thing I will show you my goodness. Whether I'm good or evil. It's either one or the two. As I stand there, I cannot be good and evil. And that's how I've been producing mules for some years. Leviticus, now let me read it. I think you don't read the Bible much, so. Yeah. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Another species. It will produce barrenness. And that's why you have no energy to come towards God. Because you don't think God is good. You think IBM is good. You think... Uh, Microsoft is good. You think your bank is good. You think that company is good. You think that other this is good. That's why you go there with all your strength. Not God. But I came to tell you that God is good. And unless you start seeing that God is good, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper and do more. You will never be able to go deep unless you have it deep in your heart that God is good and that it is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a good thing to come to God. That's why when I have people, I say, you say I'm a bad person, right? Excuse me. Just find to where it's good. You'll do better there. I always excuse myself from people who have mingled seed. Yes. Oh, he's a Christian, all right. But you know, he's this, he's that, he's like this, he's like that. If you sit down and you have such discussions about me, you should not be here. And you should not even be watching. Yes, you should watch where it's good and what you think is good and everything is good about it. That is what you need, not me. (laughs) Number three, God takes you deeper. Amen? By showing you all about mercy 
and forgiveness. Yes. And the Lord said in 34, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood by him and passed and proclaimed the Lord merciful and gracious. Merciful and gracious. Long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. to forgive people and truly overlook their genuine mistakes is a great leap forward into the depths of God. The depths of God. How to forgive people and have mercy is a leap into the deeper parts of God. Because God, why? Because when Moses prayed, Lord, show me uh, your glory Take me deeper. God said, okay. The Lord, merciful and gracious. Here, here it is. Merciful and gracious. Look. There is only one word that can be written over this crowd. Mercy and grace. Graciousness and mercy. Yes. That is why, no matter how you speak in tongues, if you have not learned how to be merciful, you are not deep in God. You want to go deeper in God, you need to go deeper in mercy and forgiveness. Yes. There is nothing you should not be able to forgive. Yes. And I'll tell you, you can know that you've forgiven and you are deeper in forgiveness. Of course, you have to have some, some experiences. <laughs> oh, Father, help, the, help us when we go through these experiences. Hey. Some people are wicked, though. Some years ago, I was in Geneva. It must have been 1985. And I used to like going to the lake, Geneva. I used to like going to the lake at winter time and watch the ducks. Sometimes I just stand and look at them. And the main question in my mind is that, are you not feeling cold? Because it is winter. And as I'm standing, I'm feeling cold, but they, they are playing. But one of the things is that they go into the water and they come out. And they just carry on. In winter. And I thought to myself, this is how forgiveness is. It's like he goes into the water and he comes out. And none of the water stays on the duck. The water doesn't stay on the duck. It doesn't become heavy. And he's able to play in it and flow in it. And the coldness doesn't make him feel cold. He's okay. Hey. Many experiences you will have until you learn to forgive. You have not gone deep in God. 
And so if you are here and you want to go deeper in God, God is going to take you deeper in forgiveness. He says, the Lord is merciful. Merciful. I thank God that he has helped me to forgive. And by the way, way, one of the ways you can know you're forgiving is when you can pray for somebody. Yes. There should be nobody you can't pray for. Yes. There should be nobody you can't what? Pray for. Yes. When you pray, when you can pray for somebody genuinely, say, Lord, help this man to do what is right. Help this man to be delivered from evil. If you cannot do that, you are not in forgiveness and mercy. Jesus prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yes. The other day I was talking to the Archbishop Duncan Williams. We also have an Archbishop now, but I was talking to him. He asked me, do you remember this pastor? I said, I remember remember him because I had some interaction with him. I said, he asked me, do you know where he is now? I said, no. He said, he's a construction officer. And he asked me, do you know this other? I said, yeah, I know him. I said, he said, do you know where he is? I said, no. He said, he has vanished. I said, what do you mean? He said, he has vanished. He has vanished from the earth. Nobody can find him. He has, his children have grown up. He never paid school, they never, he never paid school fees. He never looked after anybody. Has never been seen, never been heard of for many years and has vanished from the face of the earth. And there are many people like that. They vanished. He said, these days I pray, Lord, have mercy. Because they know not what they do. Yeah. And he could have gone on telling me, do you know this one? Where is he? Do you know this? Where is he? Number four. When God is taking you deeper, he takes you through by showing you long-suffering. Patience. Patience. As you learn about patience and you become more patient, you are becoming deeper in God. That's how he took Moses deeper. And that's how he's going to take you deeper. By making you patient. Yes. Making you patient. People come into the ministry and they don't know that it takes patience. Yes. It takes patience to stand here. You may preach better than me, but it still needs patience to go deeper in God. To get to to stand in this pulpit. It takes patience. You may have a better sermon than my today's sermon that I'm giving. But you need patience to get here. Do you know how many years I've been coming to Mambong to pray? On this very same place, spot. Yeah. He says, and the Lord said, the Lord merciful and gracious 
long suffering and abundant in goodness. Patience. You want to drive a car. You want to have what? You want to have this and that. Today I can call between 30 to 50 nationalities to wake up from this congregation. Yes. It takes patience. I get photographs from Latin America. You know when they were singing the song? Te amo. Huh? Yeah, when they were singing, I was, I was going to prophesy. I think I forgot to prophesy that you will soon be in Latin America singing some of these songs over there. Yes. It takes patience. It takes patience. When I started in the ministry, I didn't have a car. My brother-in-law sent me a second-hand Toyota Corolla. And I fixed gas into it with Bishop Saki. We fixed gas. We fixed gas. He had a ladder. You know ladder? It's a Russian car. He had a ladder and I had a Toyota Corolla. He fixed gas in his car and I fixed gas in mine. Yes. Cooking gas. Because instead of maybe paying for, uh, what, how much is petrol now? How much is petrol? Maybe instead of paying 500, I would, I would pay maybe 430. So that 70 CDs was very significant. So we, we fixed gas because it was a difference. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. We didn't get up, start driving water. Today I can drive what I want. I can call for it. And you see, rather that I can, I can drive it, that's when I don't even want it because I've gone deeper in God. My life is not defined by a car. I don't even own a car. I don't even own a car. God forbid if I die now, none of, there's no car in my will for any of my children. There's no, nothing like, I don't have a car for you. Sorry. (laughs) And don't think I'll die before you. Think of yourself. somebody I'm getting deeper I'm getting calmer and more patient yes you know one time I visited Archbishop Duncan William many years ago he was staying at the airport area and he lifted up his finger and he said whether it takes 10 years or whether it takes 5 years or whether it takes 20 years Whoever breaks down somebody's church to build his own, his life will be broken and his church will be broken. He lifted his hand like that and it came to pass exactly 10 years. I was talking about some people. Whether it takes 10 years. You see, when you are patient, when you are deeper in God, you are patient for years. So you, let's wait for some years. Let's wait for some time. Whether it's 10 years, whether it's 5 years. When I 15 years, you see something. 
that he that repays good with evil, evil shall never depart from his house. Even if it takes 20 years to come to pass, it will come to pass. So the deeper you are in God, the more patient you are. Yes. So when Joshua laid the foundation, destroyed, he destroyed Jericho and he declared that the one who builds this city again, he will lose his child for the foundation and for the gates. 500 years later, you see, a man who is deep in God, he knows that time will cause certain things to manifest. It's just about time. Yes. Number five. How did God take Moses deeper? When God is taking you deeper, he takes you deeper into truth. He takes you deeper into truth. This is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Exodus 35 Verse 34, verse 5. And the Lord passed before him and said, The Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and in truth. Abundant in goodness and in truth. Amen. The deeper you are in God, the more you are into truth. The more you prefer truth to a lie, no matter what it costs. You say, I prefer. I prefer that you know the truth and I prefer the truth than anything else. But when you are not deep in God, you, you, you will always keep lies. Yes. But the deeper you are in God, so you know, no matter what it costs, I prefer the truth. I, I like the truth. You actually, you actually grow to discover that lies and deception are very wicked things. And there's something horrible about it. You know, one time I met uh, uh, different people. One of them confronted about certain things. Immediately, the person said, oh yeah, that's it. I'm the one. What you said, ABC, true. I have no, there's, I can just explain, even I can explain it. Details for you. Another person, but said, never. I, I mean, that's ne- never since I was born. God has no, never, never, never. Lies, oh. And they can act. Of the two, you start to see a big difference as the gulf between heaven and hell is the presence of liars and lies. Why? Because Satan is the father of lies. Once there's lie in you and deception in you, eh, there's a greater evil in you. You see, if you ask somebody what is evil, he will come up with his own 
um, idea. Like if you ask somebody, what is a bad wife? He'll say, a wife who doesn't know how to make a banku and um, banku and what? Contomri and okru. This is not a good wife. Very bad woman. Another person will say something completely different. Because of your estimation of what is good and bad. One day, a brother came to see me in the office and he said he's going to leave his wife. I said, what is the problem? He said, you can't believe. I said, believe what? You can't believe. I said, believe what? Hmm. Bishop. I think I was pastor then. Pastor. Cobwebs in my house. Cobwebs. Cobwebs. In my house. You can't believe it. And he said, I'm leaving here. We sat down in the office discussing the cobwebs. So, do you know what? I was listening to him in amazement. So, I had not noticed any cobwebs in my house. But I decided, when I went home, I said, I'm going to look. When I got home, eh, the cobwebs that I saw in my house, eh, I had never. I told my wife, if I was going by the standards of this man, like by now, you are finished. There must be divorce. Listen, you have your own standards, everybody has his own standards. But we have to look at God's standards. What did Jesus say about lies? What did Jesus' attitude about hypocrisy? What was even Jesus' attitude about adultery? What did Jesus say to the woman whom they caught in the very act? There was no explanation. He said, go, don't do it again. Go, 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 go. The guys have left. Pass to the right. And she went. Not that he's condoning it, but that was what he said. Including the woman of Samaria. That's what he said. But the hypocrites, the hypocrites and the liars, ha, he called them child of hell, serpent, vipers, this, that, father, your father is a liar, the liar. You see, his attitude was completely different. So I'm just trying to say that you need to know what is the truth. And you need to know that Jesus valued truth. In him is no darkness at all. Those of you who are into deceit, I ask you a question, you lie to me. I talk to you, you lie to me. So as I look at people, you look at them and they're just telling you lies. Meanwhile, you know things of what so many people lie directly to me. It's when they lie, like my mother said, as though they are breathing. They have, no, they, they don't flicker, their face doesn't, it's only if we do a whatever on, uh, lie detector test that you see that the heart rate will change. But because you can't see the heart rate, they're just looking at you. No. Me. Never. I don't see why. How? how, What? And I told you. Wow. The deeper you go into God, you'll be going deeper into truth. He said abundance in truth. How many have noticed I've been preaching about truth? 
and telling lies. It's because you are still here. The, li- the liars. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, is it, is it possible that it is you that this whole preaching is connected to? Is it possible? Uh-huh. Is it possible? Now, how many are going deeper with me? Are you realizing that you are going deeper in God? Oh, yeah. You are going deeper. Number six, how did God take Moses deeper? By showing him how to combine mercy, forgiveness with punishing the guilty. Yes, it's another whole thing. In Exodus 35, He said, God is merciful. Exodus 34 verse 5 and 6. The Lord is merciful, gracious, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, and that will by no means clear the guilty. It will will not leave the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children. So God... Is a God who is able to mix punishment with forgiveness, which is a very wonderful thing. You see, punishment mixed with forgiveness. Almost everybody that I have sacked before has returned. There are two types of people that I've employed in the ministry. People whom when you correct them or you dismiss them. And you see, one of the important cardinal things in an organization is dismissal. People must be dismissed. Otherwise, the organization will get spoiled. People must be sacked. There must be sacking. (laughs) You don't want it. Don't ever try to be working in the UD or the UO when I am alive. Never try it because you will regret it. This organization is not being run with the way things are run in Ghana ministries and Ghana organizations. And you see, the Bible says that he's full of mercy and graciousness, but he will not clear the guilty. You, you sit on an aeroplane and you want the pilot to take you safely to where you are going. One brother told me he was on a plane. I don't want to mention the airline because it's a plane that comes to Ghana. Yes. They were going from somewhere They were going from somewhere eh, to, I forget the destination, but I think the destination was this way. You get it? And the plane 
landed in the Philippines. Yes. The pilot was completely lost. Yes. And I don't want to mention the name of the, the, name of the Lolo plane. It comes to Ghana. It comes to Ghana. He was going somewhere. I think he was going either to some completely not Asia. He was going to Europe. He was going to a European country. Yeah. And the pilot took the plane to the Philippines. <laughs> now, when they landed, when they landed, the, the, this gentleman who was learning to be a pilot described how, what happened. He said the officers came, they took the, the guy, they took the pilot, they took him aside, signed everything. That was the end. I mean, that was the end of his career. I mean, right there. You can't do this job. You've taken our passengers to Philippines. Hey, would you like it? What else can he do? And you see, I want, there was one day a brother who used to work for an airline whose name begins with a G. Yes. And the plane took off from an airport whose name begins with a K. Yes. I will not mention the, the name. <laughs> And the plane was going to America. And when the plane went, you know, under the plane, there's something that they are supposed to remove from the wheels. A chalk or something. They are supposed to remove it. And the guy forgot to move that thing. You get it? So the plane took off. And then the wheels couldn't go back. And then the plane, I think there's something, the computer, it has to finish. And then it has to reset and then restart to come down. It couldn't do it. So the plane which was to cross the Atlantic, I think it went to another city whose name begins with A. And he was able to land there before they removed the thing. Now the guy who, is, who was working at the airport whose name begins with a K. Uh, he was continuing to work the Christ like Charlie, continue whatever you are doing. Uh-huh. That is an airline whose name begins with a G and takes off from K. No wonder such airlines don't exist any longer. Uh-huh. You see, there are two types of people. You want everything to go on as it is, no one should say anything about anything. But as long as I am here, maybe after my time, some people may arise. Uh, God have mercy on them and may God clear all of such people. Yeah. That once something is not the way it should be, it should be dealt with. Otherwise, the whole church, how many churches grow from one little congregation? One small congregation. With 10 people singing there on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and grow into many, many, many churches. Do you think it grows by just accepting everything that is wrong to carry on? Come on now. Grow up and be serious. It grows, you get deeper by learning how to be forgiving and at the same time not clearing the guilty. 
That's God. That's how to get deeper in God. Yes. And you see, it's, it's closer to God. You see that God, he punishes us at the same time. He's merciful to us. And you don't even know how he's able to combine such things. Is he being not merciful to you? Should I mention your crimes? Charlie, I'll say your things. So. I say I'll say your things. Do you dare me? I should open my mouth. It's written on my thing here. Huh. <laughs> God is wild. He is a wild God. That's why the Bible says you lay aside the, the weightier matters, mercy and judgment. And I don't even know how God is able to forgive and at the same time do that. And then, number seven and the last one, you go deeper in God by going deeper into his judgments. He will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on children and on children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. God have mercy on us. Goodness. Huh? Judgmental. God is wild. God is wild. Ladies and gentlemen, God can judge you, your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children for something you did. That's his judgment. And you even wonder, how is God like? You know, the deeper we go and to understand his judgment, then you know. You see the man who killed, I said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. I was reading something about it. And they were saying that it's going to be very difficult for them to get a guilty verdict. Yeah. And I was, I was interested to know why. And they were saying, you see, that's judgmental. That, you see, when... There's no, there's an intention to kill. Do you see? That is when it is. That's a mens rea. That's when it is first degree. You intended to kill the person. Do you see? But when they kneel on a person's neck, all the policemen are trained. That if you want to keep a prisoner down, you don't have handcuffs or whatever. You kneel on his neck. They are taught how to do it. And they do it all the time. And they said, to, to make a police officer guilty, you need unanimous from the jury. Unanimous verdict. I mean, like, what I'm trying to say is that judging is not as clear and as simple as whatever. And there are many other things. What I'm trying to say is that judgments are complex. People whom you love today and find good and holy, when you know about them, you know, you'll be surprised. 
One day I saw somebody was saying, oh, I would like my marriage to be like this brother's marriage. <laughs> you know, and I realized that the person doesn't know anything about the person's marriage. But it's like what the person sees is so beautiful to the person. That is, I would like my marriage to be like this person. He had no idea. The crisis that is in that person's marriage. And the turbulence. But you see, there are people who are good actors. When they come out, the way they hold hands, the way they blow kisses. And you see some others walking alone. They, they do as if they don't, they've not married. They are just alone moving around as if they don't. And there you'll be surprised that that marriage looks even more, it's even more stable when you go inside. And you see that others are telling you, when you see them, you say, well, yay. When will my mariage be like this mariage? You know, this last week we had a funeral. One of our dear brothers died and he was buried just right here. And then his wife was giving a tribute and I said, no, this tribute is one of the best ever. Because, you see, she was not even reading. It's the best tribute I've ever had. Ever. It was real. So nice, so beautiful, so normal. And even though, you know, it was so um, simple. You, you see, there was no effort to say something unreal. You know, sometimes you hear some people say, we kiss for five minutes every morning and every evening. They say, wow, we're jeboyaba. <laughs> hey! They say, I've never had a crisis in my marriage. I've never had a setback. <laughs> some people would tell you if, if marks were being given for marriage I would get 95% marks and what 5% for humility wow So I was saying about this tribute, even though there was no effort to sound some super special something, afterwards when we were sitting with the bishops, some of the bishops were saying that, Charlie, we have to improve our marriages (laughs) because we were affected by the tribute, which was just natural, yes. So, judgment, learning the judgments of God will take you deeper. So, how does God take you deeper? Number one, he takes you deeper through your hunger and your thirst for God. Moses wanted to go deeper. Number two, he takes you deeper by showing you that he is good. Remember, Satan's campaign is always to make you look bad. To make God look bad. To make his man look bad. So that you run away from him. He said, he's a bad person. Number three, how does God take you deeper? How did God take Moses deeper? By showing him all about mercy. 
and forgiveness. Watch out for an unmerciful person. Yes, he's not close to God. He's not what? Close to God. Number four, how does God take you deeper? By showing you his long suffering. Soon you'll be raising your hand. Lift your hand like this, everybody. And you say, whether it takes 10 years, whether it takes five years, the hand of God will prevail. Amen. Amen. Number five, how does God take you deeper? By taking you and showing you truth. Bible says the Lord is abundant in truth. In him there is no darkness at all. Number six, how did God take Moses deeper? By showing him how to combine mercy and forgiveness with punishing the guilty. It's an art, eh? Like I was saying, hardly have I sacked anybody who is not still with me. But sacking has to take place. You just leave it out. Your whole organization will become a monster. You, you, know, you, know, you not know what it means. Yes, you not know what it means. Unfortunately, some people have misused that blessing. You take them back, you show mercy, and they spit on it. But the Bible says, whether it takes five years or whether it takes ten years, he that repaired good with evil, evil shall never depart from his house. And he that throweth a stone, a stone shall be also be thrown at him. We'll give it to time. Are you still in the house? You become quiet, I don't, but I don't care. Huh? And number seven, how did God take Moses deeper by showing him his, his judgments? It's not a small thing to be a judge. If you ever have a judge that you know a judge, you know a great person. Why would God punish people's children and their children's children and their children's children? You see, when you go into justice, you find out that, ah, it's the right thing. Yeah. Why, why should it be difficult to convict a policeman? After some time, you will find out that it is true. Because justice and judgment, it takes deep thinking. If you start executing people, eh, you'll be shocked. There will be how many people left? <laughs> one day I met somebody who was working in one government office. He told me, when I went there, I realized that everybody here must go to prison. Yes. Everybody in this office must go to prison. <laughs> the whole office. <laughs> and, and, and that is what will happen if you follow certain things. Yeah. So I believe that we are all going deeper. How many are going deeper in God? Draw me deeper. There's a song like that. Draw me deeper. Draw me deeper. Lord, deeper into love truth. Draw me deeper, Lord, deeper. Stand to your feet. Into my love for you. Draw me. Draw me deeper, deeper to the place where you are. Deeper. Deeper, take me deeper. Draw me deeper, Lord. 
God. Sing it for the last time. toilet nothing just hang around for five. we'll be ending in five minutes and then you can go please no movement at all thank you lift your hands speak to god for a moment everybody don't think about somebody don't think this is a message for bible students or this is a message for pastors or this is a message for them it's you god wants you to go deeper deeper in him deeper in many ways Deeper into the spirit. Deeper into the presence of God. Draw me deeper. Draw me deeper. Draw me deeper. Deeper. Into your word of truth. Draw me deeper. Lord, deeper. Into my love for you. Draw me, Jesus. Draw me deeper. Lord, deeper. lifted up here we are lifting our hands and calling on you Lord because we want to come deeper Moses asked to go deeper Lord but he had even seen you on Mount Sinai he saw great miracles he saw great things but he still wanted to go deeper given to us Lord a heart to come deeper in you to go further in you Lord to know you better to serve you in a deeper and a blessed way Lord Take from us our shallowness. Take from us our emptiness, Lord. Help us to see your goodness that we may come near to you, Lord, because you are a good God. You are a real God. Thank you. Thank you that there's more to you, Lord. There's more of you. We thank you. Thank you for every hand lifted up. Our pitiful lives, Lord. We have we placed before you to come nearer, to come closer to come deeper in the ministry in serving you in following you lord thank you for a chance to go in further and to know what we don't know and see what we've never seen and hear what we've never heard thank you for another chance lord a chance to follow a chance to grow deeper we give you thanks lord Draw me deeper, Lord. Draw me deeper, deeper into your word of truth. Draw me deeper, deeper into my love for you.
touch our hearts to be like the heart of David who cried say Lord show me show me show me what I don't know I want to come before you in your temple and enjoy your presence my heart is searching my soul is thirsty in a dry and a thirsty land seeking for you and your presence your holiness your goodness and your greatness what we don't know Lord reveal to us strike us with the spirit of revelation the spirit of knowledge and understanding in you as never before we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus name and as every head is bowed and every eye closed this afternoon, if you want to give your life to God, I want to pray with you very briefly. You want to say, Pastor, somebody invited me to church, but I don't know Jesus as my Savior. Pray with me, Pastor. I want God. I want God. I need God. Help me to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and my Lord. If you are here today like that, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Maybe you just live in the area. Maybe somebody invited you. But God is calling you today. He's giving you a chance to come to him and to be changed forever. Many people have heard this and many people have taken their chances and followed Jesus. Today is your turn. God is giving you a chance to come to him. If you are here under the sound of my voice, you hear me preaching. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God today. If you are here like that, wherever you are, lift your hand up high, wherever you are standing. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Lift your right hand like this. God bless you. God bless you. And I'm going to pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus today. God bless you. If you have lifted your right hand, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. I want you to come. Come with your hand lifted up like that. Come to me in the front here. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come from upstairs. Wherever you are. Come on, my friend. Come to God. Come, let me pray with you. Come to Jesus. Today is your chance. This is your chance. Come all the way. Come, my sister. Come, my brother. Come on. Come to God. Come on, my friend. Come to God. Come on! 
Jesus. Jesus is calling you right now. Come on. Come, my sister. Come, my brother. God is calling you. Come on. watching on television join watching on facebook join lift your hands like this and pray say jesus please forgive me for my sins i give my life to you please have mercy on me i am a sinner say it after me i am a sinner i am a sinner have mercy on me i give my life to you please write my name in the book of life Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Now lift your hands like this quickly. Say after me, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I cast you out. I will not serve you again. I belong to Jesus Christ. And I will serve Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Now, all of you here, go this way. This way, our pastors are waving their hand. Just go to where they are waving. Clap for them as they go. God bless you. God bless you. Are you excited that Jesus is saving people? Wow. Take your Holy Communion. Take your Holy Communion and your bread. Now, take your bread, your Holy Communion. Now, how many realize that when God is bringing you near, one of the first things he says, I will show you my goodness. Is it not amazing? I'll show you my what? Goodness. Goodness. My goodness. My goodness. How many, have, how many have realized that when Satan wants to take you far from me, he tries to make me look like a bad person? How many have noticed that Satan has tried to make me look like a bad person? Raise your hand. Because all oh, you can never go deep when you think somebody is bad. Yes. That's why some of you have had discussions in your house whether I'm a bad person or a good person. <laughs> it's true. You have had discussions in your house whether I'm bad or good. It's true. Because that is the only way to keep you from going deeper. When God wants you to go deeper, he shows you, I am good. 
my goodness I will make to pass before you lift your bread up father thank you that you are good and Satan's temptation to make us think you are bad has not worked we lift up the bread before you let supernatural healing come into the lives of everyone gathered herein today we receive the body of Jesus Christ and we receive organ transplants today in Jesus name the body of Jesus Christ Now lift up the the wine. Whatever represents your sin, the sins of your mouth and the sins of your heart. May you be forgiven. May, May your sin not be counted when the final tally is being done. May you have pardon and mercy for all mistakes that you have ever made. Through this blood today, may the curse be abated in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the blood of Jesus. Now lift your hands for your blessing. May the blessing of the Lord galvanize your heart and strengthen you. May you go deeper in God and do more for God. Whatever serves as a form of deception in your life, you are free from it today. May the seed of serpents in you be expunged. Every mixture of a seed, of a donkey and a horse, of a truth and a lie of loyalty and disloyalty that is in you is expunged today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth receive a deliverance you shall now be fruitful whatever is past is past but from this hour and moment forward fruitfulness descends upon your life Receive it. The Lord bless you and be gracious and merciful to you. And the Lord give you peace according to these words which are spoken over your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today. For more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.